Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good evening, everyone, to episode 687 of the Sith Hollow News. Uh, this is Dark Jekyll. Um, and I've got Jason or Jedi on the line. Um, hopefully, Randy will be calling in. Um, and yeah, Randy uh, said he should be calling in a little bit late. I know Laura's okay. getting ready to call in as well, so she should be on shortly. Awesome. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll probably have some more. Well, I guess we're going to have the uh, last round of spoilers, the four last four, and of which will include three of the championship pieces, the uh, pieces that were designed by the New Zealand champion, the uh, North American champion, I guess, Gen Con, and the Vassal Online Vassal World champion uh, pieces. So we will be talking about all of those. I see we've got... Um, Joe in here as well, so that's great. Um, and um, uh, then we also have the finale of the um, of the uh, versatility gauntlet. I keep forgetting the name of the tournament, but uh, the versatility <laughs> gauntlet uh, that just wrapped up today. Uh, we can talk about that, and um, it seems like Don't there's something else. Yeah, our our favorite game, the uh, guess the meta for Gen Con. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our last show before Gen Con. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. But I suppose since Randy's running a couple minutes uh, late, we can jump right into the versatility gauntlet finals. Sure. Um, I I believe you streamed that match, correct? Yeah. Yep. And that was so if, if anybody wants to go watch the game, you are more than welcome to. Uh, the finals was myself and Mando. Uh, we had um, some additional rules for the finals. Um, we each got to pick three factions that. Of, of which our opponent could pick one to play. Uh, I chose. Uh, what did I choose? I chose Rebels, Vaughn, or a New Republic. Or no. I chose Separatist Imperials or Rebels that Mando could play, and he chose Rebels, Vaughn, or New Republic that I could play. And then uh, Joe in. Trevor and Spry and Tim all kind of got together and from the squads that we had played during the gauntlet um, kind of said, hey, these pieces you can't use because we don't want to see a squad that's you know similar to what you already played. And um, those lists are both on Blue Milk, what we couldn't use. Like basically, I couldn't use any any of the uh, ghost crew. 
I couldn't use like Shido Shy or the Eighth Cortex Shaper. Uh, I couldn't use Earl or Ganner or Kukruk um, or Han Karelian Legend. And then I couldn't use quite a few fringe pieces, um, Embo, Atris, the Hexdroid, Morgan, Mira, Dr. E or the Handmaiden. Um, and then Mando, couldn't use like uh, BX Spotters or the big tank droids or Kalani. In the Imperials, he couldn't use any of the, uh, well, probably I won't say any, but he couldn't use a lot of the Inquisitors. For Rebels, he couldn't use um, some of the Hero of Endor type characters, which is kind of the squad he played. And for Fringe, he couldn't use Ambo or Java or Mira or Morgan or Lobot. So kind of had to build our squads. Uh, and... Um, I haven't really talked about this on the show before, but my whole um, versatility gauntlet, I was trying to use a squad that I had won a regional with in the past. Um, since obviously when it started, I'd won a regional with all the different factions. Um, I hadn't really thought this far ahead as far as what happens if I make the finals and have to, you know, pick one of three, what, you know, what happens then? And what if maybe I don't have a squad that I won a regional with or how does that work? Um, so, uh, it was kind of fortuitous that, um, Mando chose New Republic as one of the factions and the powers that be, while they did, um, say I couldn't use Earl Biza, um, I modified the squad slightly because obviously in the squad I normally would use Earl and I played, um, I, I call it like the Han and Chewie super friends. Um, it's basically Garn, Bella Bliss, Ruthless Tactician, um, Han, Chewie, Dash, with uh, Clack Captain and Jagged Fell. Um, it uh, can be quite powerful, um, especially when Chewbacca is getting that protective plus 20, so he's doing, you know, 40 damage shots. Uh, and he has bodyguard with lots of disruption and some distraction. Uh, and then Mando chose Rebels. He chose um, a Manta Screw squad, um, combining it with a little bit with Night Sisters. See, I was running a Night Sister Hunter and a Night Sister Archer. Uh, and then for his kind of extra commander or well extra unique that he was using with Grease you know at the start of the skirmish Grease can choose a unique living rebel commander um, he was actually using Senator Bail Organa which kind of has like a, a movement breaking CE um, so that was kind of cool to to see uh, and then he was also had kind of a, an assortment of uh, sort of characters that you might normally bring in with Lobot, but he had him in his main uh, squad, like a Buzzdroid and a Porg. Um, uh, we both had picked Seed Palace, so we knew we were going to be on Seed Palace. Um, of course, even though I rolled a three, he rolled lower, so I got to pick the map. He got to choose the sides. He chose the setup on the left. 
Uh, and I set, set up on the right. I won't talk tons about the game because, again, like I said, you can go watch it. Um, the first round was pretty much just some positioning. Uh, then the second round is when kind of the action started. Um, he popped up with a night sister, his night sister Hunter, and uh, did some damage uh, to Han. I had BB-8 close enough um, so I could use sensors so that Dash could kind of finish her off. Um, he, of course, made the, the zombie save with Mar Marin. Uh, and kind of we just got into it. And, um, I was kind of controlling and patrolling Gambit. Um, and he was kind of trying to fight his way in. I kept uh, putting guys kind of in the way. Um, like BB-8 was in the way for a little bit. Then um, got a rolling evade out of it. And then Droopy was... Uh, there for a little while, but kind of guys with distraction, so he couldn't kind of do some crazy run around thing. Uh, I had kind of Han and Chewie set up so that Han would be taking basically any shots that would come in, um, so he could try to evade them. Obviously, both Han and Chewie had evade, but then uh, what it let me do was kind of control where the damage went, uh, whether it was on Han or on Chewie with the bodyguard. Um, and uh, just kind of uh, trading back and forth and basically I had a little bit more door control than he did with both the manual override from BB-8 and the regular override from R2 Galactic Hero who I brought in as a reinforcement and uh, kind of made him it one, well, there was one round where he kind of uh, had to run his Sarajunda like all the way kind of around the bottom of the map um, and kind of not ever do anything, <laughs> um, which obviously is, you know, a wasted turn. And then he was also um, kind of in that pickle of, you know, he was getting greater mobile and um cunning from the CE, so between Han disrupting him and, and lots of distraction pieces, it was difficult for him to kind of get to a spot where he could get those off. Uh, I felt like I was rolling a little bit hot um, uh, during various points, plus I got um, Garm Bella Bliss up there pretty early um, to get the traps into effect. And again, trying to make him kind of fight through or shoot through guys like Droopy and stuff that weren't the guys he really wanted to target. Um, and because of Tactician plus eight, um, I was pretty much winning every single init. So I could kind of go first and do a bunch of cool stuff. And then he wouldn't get the cunning, if, you know, depending on which guy I left where I left him. And... Uh, Basically, I just I kept killing guys, and he kept doing damage to me, and um, you know, not quite finishing off guys. I think BBA had ten for a while, and Droopy had ten for a while, and like the Clyde Assassin had ten for a while, and uh, Han and Chewie got down to like half each. Um, he did kill Dash pretty early, uh, which was kind of uh, awesome. 
for him, not so awesome for me. Uh, and then uh, basically we got kind of to the end of the the, the time and, and I was ahead like uh, probably like 160 or 170 to around 50 or 60. Um, and we decided obviously Brian was there and with the help of Brian that, hey, um, we were both playing a little bit slower than normal, trying to like, you know, first of all, learn squads that we weren't used to. Plus they were builds that were maybe not quite optimized. Um, and also trying to figure out what, you know, each of us was trying to do. Um, so we decided to play one more round. And I was able to finish off um, Serizundi and it left him with just fail and uh, like a Porg and the Prowler, I think, were all that were left on his side. Um, he did have a nice move um, the round before that where he used Force Repulse from Sarah Juni. And maybe it was that round. Maybe he actually finally won a knit um, and used Sarah Juni. Yeah, I think he uh, finally won a knit because he had killed Garnbella Bliss the turn before and used Sarah Juni to repulse three and killed like three or four of my characters because they like you know they'd all been at 10 or 20 hit points um, so yeah it was kind of a, one of those barn burners of the games where it could have gone either way um, you know attack rolls and defense you know evade rolls and save rolls kind of all over the place made a you know huge impact and I don't, know. I don't know. That's pretty much all I got. You you watched the game as well, Brian. Any uh, comments or thoughts or? Uh, yeah, it was a pretty fun uh, game. Um, I think the the Manus crew is is very complex, so it's difficult to um, you know like unless you've been playing it for a while, it's really kind of you know it's difficult to navigate. Um, I think that, like you said, part of the reason the game kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, uh, maybe there was just really just uh, um, two two uh, um, phases, I guess you'd say, where um, uh, Manda really kind of like kind of was in a pickle or was kind of slowed down, like really trying to figure out what he was going to do. Um, and it, it burned up a lot of time. Um, and I think maybe you had just like one phase, like well, it was at the start of one of the rounds. Uh, you, you took a little bit longer than what you normally would. Uh, so, it, you know, the game did kind of go drag on a little bit, um, but uh, it was really exceptionally played. It was funny because your, your initiative roles were really low really <laughs> but you know um mando was like not it was like he wasn't making the he wasn't hitting initiatives like to make the difference with the tactician plus eight so it's like he would just almost be there but you would just beat him out with your tactician like for most of those rounds it was kind of that was kind of that was kind of humorous um oh yeah and, uh, it was Mm -hmm. It was crazy. It's like, okay, I'm like, oh man, I rolled a seven, but like with plus eight, that's a 15. And then Mando rolls and it's like a 12 or 13. And it's like, oh, whew, 
I still won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was even when you rolled when you rolled low, like I think you rolled like a three or something and then and you still beat him, you know. Um so that was kind of that was kind of funny. Um I mean not for Mando, but it was for anybody watching <laughs> right. it was kind of funny. Um uh and then uh you you uh uh rolled several crits I noticed um that were pretty big. Um, you know, yeah, there were a couple crits that were were quite important. Yeah, yeah, those were those were pretty good. Um, but it was but it was really you know really well played. I mean, I think on paper, um, I think Mando's squad is tougher. It looks it looks tougher, um, but uh, you know. Well, and he said it it was about halfway through the match and and when he kind of said it and he's like, man, this disruptive and all this distraction is killing me. He's like, because, you know, a lot of the Mantis crew are just attacking, you know, even for 10 damage or maybe for 20, um, you know. So unless they're getting their cunning, um, you know, and their greater mobile, you know, all of a sudden their their damage output is way cut down. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I hadn't really, like, I mean, I obviously thought about it, but I hadn't really, like, put it kind of together where it's like, oh, you know, you can't just run in there and, you know, get in close and all of a sudden, you know, you're, woo, I'm attacking at a plus 10 for 10 damage with Quinn. Okay, I even if I hit both, it's 20 damage. Yeah, he really needed to take out um, uh, BBA and uh, and uh, Duji. Um, of course, you know. Then of course, he still had the disruptive with Han, but um, he yeah. and he did kind of early. He had a he had a chance um, that he could have moved out and he could have done a a like a, a greater mobile double twin with Seer on Han. Uh, like early on, um, but he, I guess he kind of missed his opportunity there. Um, of course, you probably would you would have just bodyguard with Chewy, I think. So, but you know, if he could have put on some of that initial damage really early on, it might have it might have helped change the game a little bit. Yeah, um, and like like you said, he, like I, I thought he was doing like I mean, I was. On paper, before the match started, I was kind of like, man, I'm kind of worried because I've obviously I played against you playing um, Mantis Crew, which your squad was obviously a little bit different. Um, but I, I think like he made one mistake with a nice sister hunter. He thought on the which obviously she does have stealth, but he forgot that BB-8 had sensors. So I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna shoot your night sister hunter, and he's like, well, but I have stealth, and it's like, but BB-8 has sensors. And it's like, oh, yeah, um, should have killed that. Should have tried to kill BB-8 or for, or force him to to roll away. I think. Um, so yeah, so I think that um, was really helpful for me. And it, I was telling Laura that it's basically the, one of the few times Dash has ever actually hit anything in his life. You know, he needed to hit three out of four of those uh, attacks, and I think he needed sixes or eights or you know something that wasn't just a gimme and you know we've all played dash and dash rolls up and you know two three 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 is 
what you usually get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he, uh, well, and I, I, yeah, and I think the, the, was it, did you have, oh, traps. Yeah, I think the traps helped you out quite a bit. Yeah. It, when I, like, once I got Garnbella Bliss up there with the traps, um, I also was able to use fire at will. Um, I used it at the beginning of the game, kind of, to, to damage Han so that Chewie would get his protective. And then later I used it, um, like, one time to, I want to say like kill an Ugnaught or kill one of his, kill his Ugnaught. And yeah, it did 10 damage to my guy too, but it's like, you know, okay, at some point I just need to start, you know, killing stuff, do a damage to stuff. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it was, like I said, like you said, I, I think on paper or, you know, his squad looks really tough and I was definitely certainly worried about it. And, you know, the way the game played out, like I said, I think I was rolling a little bit better than average. And then obviously I had a couple crits, which mm-hmm. always help. <laughs> yeah. Well, more than anything, uh, I think uh, the way that you played, you, like you said, you threw people in his way that he didn't want to uh, attack. And it, it you know, uh, by the end of the uh, game, I mean, you, you had like, you know, like, um, damage on all of your characters just about but none of them like oh, yeah where they were you know defeated um you know Han like had 60 left and Chewie had like just a few oh no Chewie ended up dying didn't he or no Chewie did not die Chewie um had like 40 or 60 left Han I think had like 60 left yeah uh, so it was all the damage then- was kind of spread out and amongst your guys um uh and you know <clears throat> and you had been kind of just uh you know whittling away at his squad just taking him down a little bit by a little bit um so yeah. basically he just had um he had seer left but it was kind of too late at that point um for her to do much um you guys did get that additional round in but even with that it was just not enough and you went over the points total so um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, um, and I thought it was an interesting choice of the movement breaker, like the, the bail organa to, to move people around, you know, unfortunately in this particular matchup with Garnbell of bliss, ruthless tactician, it didn't really help him because like when you, you know, Garm says when you, when you move on, you know, out of your, out of your turn, you know, you can be activated with the save 11 and, you know, that can be super devastating. Yes. Um, Is it, it's also a placement, right? Or it's a change of position. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So if you like get swapped like we were playing like Thrawn swap and got swapped, um, you would have to make that save. Uh, R2 astromech carried you around. You'd have to make that save. It's a pretty powerful Basically. piece for rebels, really. Yeah, Garm is Garm is really powerful, and you know, like I've obviously I've played Garm before, and you know everybody has a movement breaker. Like there's very few squads that don't have a movement breaker, so you know you're always gonna hit something with it, you know, whether yeah. it's you know. 
whether it's what you want to hit, you know, like whether it's something super powerful, like swap and you're like, man, okay, I can't swap or well, I mean, unless you want to make that save 11. Right. Or like a court, a coordinated movement or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, I kind of inadvertently, uh, just because of the way that like I had set up my tournament um, and the way that the factions were. So of the three factions I had to choose from, which were um, Rebels, Vong, and New Republic, um, I couldn't build a Vong squad because I only won one regional with a Vong squad and it used most of these pieces that were banned. Uh, Rebels, um, I could have built, um, although I don't actually have the squad saved anywhere. Um, when I won the Chicago regional a thousand million years ago with basically smug commandos, um, that was literally like out acting smash with, you know, a million activations of Lobot and Gnock and, you know, you would yeah. levitate Han around and I couldn't use like Luke rebel commando anyway. So but I was just like, oh, I don't have that. Um, but then the New Republic that I could use, um, I couldn't use Ganner, but the squad doesn't use Ganner anyway. Um, and obviously Earl's really good and setting up those extra squares is really good. But I'm like, okay, like I'll just play it without Earl and and we'll, we'll hope it's kind of good enough. Um, and it basically meant that, like, instead of starting to shoot on the first round, I had to wait till like, the second round um, to start shooting. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good game. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad I had a squad that I could play that kind of fit my criteria for what I had been playing throughout the entire tournament. Because, you know, I could have built, I was looking, um, you know, I could have built a really awesome, like, Resistance New Republic squad. Um, I could have built um, a really awesome, like, Luke and Leia on Speeder squad and Rebels. Um, I don't think I could have built a really awesome Bong squad. <laughs> don't think I could have. <laughs> Um, so I could have had done some, you know, other stuff if I had been, uh, you know, willing to kind of uh, move out of my theme. But I was like, well, hey, I'm just kind of playing this uh, particular theme. Um, I have a squad that I can play in New Republic that doesn't really change much of what the, the original squad was. So we're going to go for it. Yeah. Um, it inadvertently kind of worked out just because I had enough, like I had so much disrupt, disruptive and distraction. And then also Garbella Bliss to stop, you know, his movement breaking or not stop it, but um, really put a kind of kibosh on like, you know, nobody wants to uh, roll a save 11. Um, and sometimes I wonder too, um, you know, Against Garmbella Bliss, like I've never played against him really, so I don't know what I would do. But sometimes it's like, you know, I'm, I was thinking to myself during the game, like, man, if he like does this with Bale and then like makes the save, that could be devastating. But you know, <laughs> it's like, but if you fail the save, it's obviously devastating the other way because then your guy doesn't get to go. 
Yep, yep. It's very true. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Joe? Best. On paper, on paper, which uh, which squad do you think is uh, like stronger? Or... I think your squad looks pretty good. Um, I always love okay. G- Gun Bell of Bliss with his um, commander effect and all his other tricks. <clears throat> yeah. Mantis crew, they're a little untested and yeah, not so good not not so good against disruptive as you said with the uh, losing the cunning and things like that. Uh, oh, what was so, the other? Because oh, you were talking about another squad you were going to play, right? Sorry, I think I zoned out for a second. Uh, um, yeah, like I said, I considered. Um, I considered going with some other stuff, but like I said, I just went with the Han, Chewie, and Fred, the Super Friends, um, and it worked out. Right. You know, sometimes you need a little luck, and um, congrats to Mando for making the, the finals. Um, not, uh, not easy to make the finals of a tournament. No, no. Yeah. So yeah, congratulations, Jason. Uh, good, well played, and uh, the video for the the gauntlet tournament uh, is it's uh, posted in uh, in the street in the podcast area of uh, Blue Milk, um, and uh, in the I think a thread called like uh, SWM Streams. So I've been kind yeah. of trying to you know, post the whatever games I do. I uh, post a link there, and uh, of course I, I sent a I sent a link to Tim. So I imagine he'll be posting the link in the into the Gauntlet Tourney um, threads as well. Um, I think it turned out really well. The the video quality I think is pretty good. I can see the the hit points and all the you know. Characters. Um, once the once the battle got towards the center of the map, I was able to zoom in and kind of get a really good close up of the of the of the characters in play um, in Gambit. So, um, yeah, I think it's a I think it turned out pretty well. I was having some issues earlier, um, and I think I've worked out several of those. Hopefully, I can come up with some even better ideas to. Um, you know, because I'd like to have really nice video for the um, vast, like the Vassal Con, the the final championship type game. So, okay, you know, although that's going to be a really difficult, that's going to be a really difficult one to do to try to stream while I'm playing in the finals. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll I'll figure it out somehow. Yeah, I'm sure you can figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, I believe Randy has joined us now, and I think we're ready to get dip into some spoilers from uh, VSET 25. The new set that's going to be coming out will be having a sealed event on uh, in in a little bit here um, on a Sunday for Gen Con. So, um, you said we had four we had four characters to go over tonight, Randy. There are four characters to go over. Um, two of them are non-uniques, and two of them are unique. 
three of them are championship pieces. Um, uh, one of them is Mandalorian, one of them is Imperial, one of them is Old Republic, and one of them is Fringe. Nice. Um, so we'll start with the non-championship piece. Yep, yep. Um, number 26 is the Imperial Shadow Scout. Um, he costs 9, he has 20 hit points, he has a defense of 15, attack of 4, and 10 damage. His special abilities include Shadow Stormtrooper, Storm Commando, Stealth, Careful Shot plus 4, Coordinated Movement. At the end of this character's turn, one ally whose name contains Commando or Shadow may immediately move up to two squares. Grenade 10, Satchel Charge. And the flavor text, Shadow Scout Troopers, a.k.a. Storm Commandos, are trained for missions of deep infiltration. Um, so he's basically, uh, he's basically half of a Storm Commando. Uh, if you follow the progression of the Shadow Scout, the Storm Commando, the Elite Storm Commando, uh, their attack goes up by two each time, their defense goes up by two each time, and their hit points go up by two each time. Um, this guy also is going to um, allow you to synergize some with Lamaya, kind of covering a dual role between Shadow Stormtroopers and uh, Storm Commandos. Um, Lamaya is going to give him Opportunist, I believe. Um, he has Storm Commandos, so Weir is going to give him Shields and Twin Attack. Um, what do you guys think? Fascinating. Uh, yeah, cricket, all around. Well, I just wanted—I didn't want to step on on anybody else's. Uh, you know, if they wanted to jump in there. Uh, I just say, like, you know, I really like the um, the idea of taking a character um, that is, you know, a good character like the storm you know storm commandos or and uh you know saying like you know um or a shadow scout and like what if we have one that's like a you know he's like a half he's like half you know he's he's a halfsy he's half the cost of this one half the cost of that one he's like kind of blends the two a little bit um you know it gives you like some other options um you know, I think it's, it's, you know, sometimes you're building the squad and you're like, boy, if I could just get another one of these in my squad, you know, and it's like, well, there's just not enough points, but you know, if you had like, if you had half of us, if you had half of a storm commando, you know, you could, you could fit them in. So, you know, I, I kind of like that, um, you know, getting, getting to, or just maybe, you know, you just want to have in your build, you want to have like, some more activations as opposed to just one you know one more cool guy in there so um you know maybe the two of them maybe you get two of them or something instead of just one you know and and you've got a little more activations going on in your squad now um so i mean i think there's a lot of good um in for this character and you know that he can be 
um, he's doing some other stuff with the coordinated movement, so he's helping out quite a bit. Um, um, yeah, I think he's a good he's a good little piece. Yeah, it definitely gives some um, nice options. Uh, and also, like Brian said, you know, sometimes you just want like a, a half a storm commando or, you know, you want the points to work out where maybe you have, you know, an extra activation somewhere or, you know, something like that. Or maybe you want two two storm commandos or wish you had two storm commandos so you could, you know, keep one of those storm commando synergies going. So, you know, you don't need a full-on storm commando you just need you know like a guy like this that counts as a storm commando yeah yeah gandalf you love playing imperials what do you think um interesting interesting concept with this character um always good to have some door control on on an attacker who can do something else other than blow up a door i guess and the movement movement minor movement breaker is good not much else to say yep. Yep. all right yep. so is now is Laura, we have is is Laura with us or Lauren, did, uh, did... I didn't know. I thought Laura was on the call too. She was. I'm not sure if she still is or not. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, so now we're into championship pieces. Uh, one of them is a non-unique. It's the Mandalorian, the true Mandalorian Super Commando. Mm-hmm. Cost is 30. He's got 80 hit points, a defense of 18, a 12 attack, 20 damage. He's twin attacking. Uh, he's got Beskar. Uh, he has Charging Assault 10, uh, Long Shot 10, Rival, cannot be in with any Death Watch characters. He's got Shatterbeam, and he's got True Mandalorian. If a character whose name contains Django, Fett, or Jaster Mareel is in the same squad, this character gains Flamethrower 20. The flavor text, Mandalorians open fire and shoot the loudmouth first, Django Fett. And this is Joe... Um, Designed by 2002 New Zealand national champion Joseph Devine, Gandalf the Greatest Wizard. So you want to tell us about it, Gandalf? Right. Well, um, now the the origin for this character they're, they're from the um, the Django Fett Open Seasons comic, I believe, which is also where uh, Django Fett Mandalore comes from. Who's already a character in the game. So these are like the, um, Django was the leader of the true Mandalorians who fought in the Battle of Galadran and kind of got wiped out by the Jedi eventually. And the idea for this character is kind of to 
um, to be like a competitive option to play with Django um, and also like kind of a Mandalore the Vindicator kind of squads potentially as a replacement for Mira. He's about the same cost and he's got some, um, some reasonably strong abilities, but also quite expensive. So he's got some door control just like Mira with Shadow Beam. Um, he's got twin charging assault, long shot. So kind of has a little more range potentially than than Mira if you're going adjacent with charging assault, but uh, not doesn't have mobile attack or agile or anything like that. So it's kind of a different different option for that kind of squad. Um. And I'll say that, like, um, obviously a lot more survivability with 80 hit points in Beskar. And I love this character because Shatter Beam is one of my favorite abilities. I wish more characters could get it. Um, obviously, you know, you can't just hand it out like candy because you do want to have doors kind of matter, um, whether it's overriding them or using some other way to open, close, or, or you know, play around them. You know, it would the game would be very boring if we all played on, you know, the backside of Death Star. <laughs> but it is nice to have, you know, characters with, you know, good door control, scatter beam, uh, thorium charge, uh, fire jelly, stuff like that. So I like seeing some more options, you know, and you're not going to spam this guy. You're not going to, you know, 30, 30 points. You're going to maybe run two of them, I would think, at most. Uh, right. And if you're playing him with, uh, you know, Django or Jaster, you're getting Flamethrower, which is, you know, a nice little direct damage uh, boost. I like this guy a lot. Yeah, this is a really good piece. I, I, I dig it. Um, I like Longshot 10 and... Um, and I'm a big fan of charging assault. Um, so, I mean, he's he's going to be, <clears throat> once he gets, like, if he gets wounded, um, you know, he takes, like, a, they they hit him for, like, 30, and he baskers it down to 20, and then he, he runs 12 squares and uh, attacks him with a 16 attack for for uh, up to 80, 80 damage, like, 20 40s. Um, I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, that's... You know, and then of course you've got you're gonna have be you'll be able to follow that up with uh, uh, either the triple with vindicated or uh, uh, you know or Jangalore or something, um, you know, doing that um, that accurate wherever charging fire that he's got, um, and of course this uh, this guy will get also get moved around. He'll get moved around by uh, vindicated, I believe. So. Um, that kind of extends extends your range a bit, where you can, you know, move him move him with vindicated, and then and then uh, true Mandalorian super commando goes and you know gets up in their face, kind of ties up the it could help tie up the opponent. You could put that initial damage in, smack into him, uh, tie him up a little bit uh, for your uh, the rest of your mandos to like start firing away at him. So yeah, it's. It's a pretty tough. It's good. It's a good piece. I like it. It's, um, and that's the other thing. You're not going to want to step away and take an AOO from this guy because a 12 attack with, for 20 damage with twin is 
you know, you, you just can't take that kind of AOL on a regular basis. Well, especially if he's been damn, especially if he's got long shot going, he's, you know, um, yeah, he's going to be really deadly. So, right. And, and you, can even, not, you can even get quick draw from uh, Jangalore if, you're, if your squads are activated. So, no chance of escaping these AOs. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, good. You made Trevor's squad better. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Um, well, we, we we already know that the armor does not replace Mira, right, Joe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is right. Well, very okay. cool. Okay. So um, that's the first of Joe's offerings. Um, since he's the big winner, we'll save his other one for last, and we'll take a minute to talk about mine. Uh, mine's a fringe character. Uh, this is Witten. Uh, he costs 32. He's got 80 hit points. He's got an 18 defense, a 10 attack, 20 damage. His special abilities include Sneak, Jawa, Hut Cartel. He's cloaked. He has a new ability called Companion. Battle Droid on stat. During setup, after seeing your opponent's squad, you may add a character named Battle Droid on stat to your squad regardless of restrictions. He has another new ability, Jom Jom Kasawa. Once per turn, if an enemy within six of this character prevents or reduces damage attack by a Jawa or a droid character, the enemy takes 10 unpreventable damage at the end of the turn. Uh, he's got Ion Gun 20. He has a Rapport. Jawa characters cost two less than the same squad as this character. He's got a, another new ability. I went crazy with new abilities because I had, because I could. Um, <laughs> remote control unit. Replace X range six. This character's companion takes an immediate turn which does not count as one of your two activations this phase, even if it has already been activated this round. Use this character's attack rating on any attacks. Uh, he has Scatter, and he has a commander effect. He has two, actually. Jawa characters in your squad, including this character, are treated as having the same name as each other, only for the purposes of Scatter, and Jawa allies gain Scatter. And the flavored text is, Shudagawa Chikua. Um, so, this guy, um, he was in a number of video games in the late 90s, early 2000s, and he was in the collectible card game. Um, in the collectible card game, when they got to Java's Palace, they made it so you could build your deck around non-unique aliens. And this guy was the king of the Jawas. Gave him all kinds okay. of gave him all kinds of bonuses and stuff. Um, but in in the video game world, um, he owned the sand crawler that R two D two and C three PO were in when they sold got sold to Luke. And it gets destroyed, 
and he needs money to get a new sand crawler. So he goes to Jabba, and he enters into this uh, deathmatch arena thing. But he's a Jawa, and so instead he, like, rebuilds a battle droid on stab. So in the game, in the video game, when you played him, um, you were a battle droid on stab on the screen. And okay. uh, that's, that's why, he's, cool. why he's got a cartel. Uh, his first appearance is actually, um, canonly, is in Return of the Jedi. Um, there's a group of Jawas that are there at Jawa's palace to negotiate a uh, territory settlement, and he's the king of one clan, and Callet is the leader of the other clan. So... Um, I wrote a little extra definition, a little extra glossary write-up on companion and remote control. So the way companion works is during setup, after seeing your opponent's squad, you can add the specified character to your squad regardless of restrictions. The specified character can be in the specified squad even if it belongs in a different faction or is prohibited from being in the squad by a special ability or commander effect. That character's faction is now considered to be the same as the character with the companion special ability. Any other ability that refers to this character's companion affects only the character added to your squad by this ability. The specified character does not count toward the cost of your squad, but is worth normal points when defeated. Um, so basically, at the, at, the start of your, at the start of the game, you can bring in his his battle droid on stat to move around. And then with the remote control, instead of making normal a normal attack or attacks, a character using this special ability chooses an allied character within six squares that was brought into your squad using companion ability, companion special ability. The chosen character may immediately take a turn, even if it has already been activated or does not count as an activation. Uh, essentially, it's the same write-up as like Pawn on the Dark Side or uh, yeah, one of the, uh, one of those abilities. So yeah, I went a little crazy with the special abilities. Uh, Gamjam Kasawa is Jawa for always ten. <laughs> okay. And the flavor text is Jawa for blast them. <laughs> Got it. Uh, no, this guy seems like he's. Pretty cool. Um, obviously, uh, you play Jawas much more than most people, so you'll know what they need or don't need. Um, it looks like there's a lot of moving parts, especially in some of those Jawa squads that are out there. So this guy could be super cool. You know, 80 hit points on a Jawa with a Plus 10 attack and a 20 damage, also quite good. Um, you know, you can just play this guy with Talon card and, you know, now he's 14 for 30 with all of his other little tricks. He's the, he's the Jawa with the highest attack, and the, the Warlord gives them the ability where they can use the highest attack. So okay. uh, when other Jawas are within six of him, they can use a 10 attack, which is the highest they can get. Okay. Uh, 
So, yeah, it certainly sounds like he's going to be pretty good, um, especially kind of an all-Java squad. If, if people want to build an all-Java squad, I don't know if I will use him all that much just because Jawas were never my uh, my favorite faction or favorite sub-faction. But it's certainly cool that everybody gets, uh, you know, new toys to play with. And I'm sure that I will lose to this guy. Um multiple times. <laughs> he's, a, he's a fun character. Um, you know, he's doing several things. Um, like mainly like he he brings in um kind of an anti-paper piece with the uh the stab. It is kind of a little bit of a deep strike or a little bit of like a minor scissors type piece. Um so it, it kind of strafes out or it gets remote controlled and then it gets to strafe out and, and put some damage on or kill some scrubs or something. And then it usually, you know, takes a big dirt nap, and bites the dust. Uh, what, what's its attack right. normally, it's the stab, when, when it's boosted in the Jawa squad? Like, uh, well, when he, remote, when he remote controls it, uh, it gets to use his attack value. Which is the absolute highest that he can get it. Right, and its, uh, it's base attack could, is, is only plus one. Right, so you could have a battle droid officer and get a five. So, right, but oh, so you said he can use he can use um, can he he can use Witten's attack when when he's remote control. 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 Right when he's remote controlled, yeah, and um, and so he's attacking with like a ten attack for thirties, so he does like a a strafe and you know, um, it's good. I mean, it it's 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 a it's like a little bit of a threat, and it and it can be, it can be effective, um, but it's not like crazy, um, and like I said, it always ends up you know. It's basically like they're giving you 16 points um, for a chance to kind of just pepper spray you. Um, the uh, the gum jump can see ability. Um, it's basically your auto the the auto damage for Jawas. Uh, you know, it's like when they hit you and they and they reduce the prevent or reduce the damage. Um, then you end up taking uh, 10 damage at the end of the turn uh, that they um, attacked you, um, you know, uh, which works out pretty well. Um, it's 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 helpful, but it's not too crazy as far as like um, a an auto damage type thing. Um, the uh, uh, scatter the scatter really kind of is uh anti is kind of like an anti scissors type um ability so um whenever um uh like one of your jawas gets um you know def is defeated um a bunch all your jawas kind of get to like move two squares and like kind of and move around without provoking attack opportunity so um and that's really the commander effects is is basically just saying all your Jawas get the count as having the same name for the for purposes of the scatter, and then they all get the scatter. 
So, I mean, it's really kind of like that three level of thing. Like you got the, the anti-paper, anti-rock, anti-scissors, like kind of all in this one, like little guy. Um, Cause he's the king of Jawas, I guess. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, the I didn't want to just I didn't want to just give Jawas a like a plus four plus ten or anything like that. Um, I wanted to try to do something different with it, and I've tried to play Jawas in the past, and the big the big Jedi always always wins no matter how many Jawas I've got because they just spend a force point and prevent all my damage and, and then lightsabers sweep. <laughs> uh, the ability to just just at least get get ten in just just one point just one point <laughs> so so Joe you want to tell us how, well, you're, how you're going to play this guy in Hut Cartel <laughs> <laughs> well well at least the uh, the battle droid you're bringing in on 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 the uh, SDAP isn't going to get any major boost from from Java so. I don't think there's too much to be worried about, but maybe there's a maybe there's like a Jawa specialization squad somewhere. I don't know how many Jawas there are. There's eight. Right. <laughs> and I was gonna say, um, Brian, it lets uh, Jawas play your favorite ability, Strafe. I mean, we know that's your favorite <laughs> ability. Yeah, yeah. Especially, especially uh, when your opponent has it. Yeah, it's rough, um, but I think it's uh, he's 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 it's like he's really he's really tough when he gets remote controlled. But other than that, he's I mean you don't really see those being played in the, ever in the game, right? So <laughs> right, there's a reason, never. There's a, there's a reason for that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever right. seen a battle droid on staff on the table. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, Brian, Brian tried it out to to see how bad he he thought he could it would it might be and it it's a ten hit point <laughs> it's a ten hit point character you know so uh, sixteen points is a lot to pay for for ten hit points it's just going to die so he's he's got like a nine defense <laughs> so may as well hand him out for free and see if anybody uses him. <laughs> and you don't have to bring the staff in. That's our requirement. It is optional. Okay, so it's one of those uh, maze that isn't required, it's optional. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it is optional. So, yeah, that's my contribution for. Uh, Beating up on everybody at Gen Con last year. Um, there's been a lot, like Brian's piece was a power piece, and Tim's piece was, a, was pretty powerful, and uh, Lillian's was pretty powerful, and they're versatile, and you're going to see them in a lot of squads. And I wanted to make a character that I was going to play, and I didn't care if anybody asked. It. <laughs> um, and then. Last year's world champion did an Old Republic character. 
he did Revan the Prodigal Knight. Uh, his cost is 56. His hit points are 140. He's got a 22 defense, an attack of 15, 20 damage. His special abilities include unique, Ebon Hawk, melee attack, triple attack. He has faith in the force. He has force attuned. He has Neiman style. He has survival expert. He's got three force. He's got force renewal two, master of the force two, force repulse four, lightsaber defense, lightsaber throw two, master speed. And he has a commander effect. Roids are subject to this commander effect. Ebon Hawk allies are considered Old Republic, get plus four attack and plus four defense, and gain force renewal one. Allies whose name contain Bastila Shan, Jolie Bindo, or Juani gain force attuned, lightsaber throw two, master of the force two. The flavor text is, we Jedi now have another tale to weave into the grand history of our eternal order, the redemption of Revan, the prodigal knight. Vandar Tokair. And the uh, glossary official glossary definition for Ebon Hawk, any character whose name contains Ebon Hawk, or who has the Ebon Hawk special ability, characters whose name contain Atten, Baudur, Bastila, Brianna, Candrus, Karth, Hanhar, HK-47, Jolie, Juani, Freya, Michael, Mira, Mission Val, P3M4, the Jedi Exile, Beesus, or Zalbar are treated as if they had Ebon Hawk. I think you forgot a couple more. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully we just go ahead and put Ebon Hawk on those people. <laughs> um, my one question is, and this might be more to, to Joe as a rules guy, um, so the commander effect that considers them old republic, they would also be considered their original faction as well, or does that? I, yeah, like I don't think would we Jolie even... Bindo be like would Jolie Bindo be fringe and old republic? I, I we didn't really discuss that question to be honest. I didn't think of it, but because we kind of added that part later on, <laughs> but I feel like they would. It's a bit like. Um, but like independent outfit, I guess, because that makes them count as fringe and yeah. their faction for, for just the commander effects, but this would be for everything. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I think so. I mean, that makes sense to me. We'll have to look and see if there's a precedent anywhere. Um, We're making precedent right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe we are. There could be some other precedent that we forgot about or don't remember. Yeah, I'll leave with Joe, let Joe start off with talking about his piece. All right. <laughs> um, well, as you've heard, it's the whole kitchen sink. Um, Riven doesn't need any introduction, of course. Uh, this is supposed to be Riven kind of at the end of KOTOR, since we don't really have in our game a Riven from actually the, the game's era. We've, we've got like a couple Sith Revens and one from before from the Jedi Crusade, but uh, this is the first Kotor Reven specifically. And yeah, he's trying to kind of be a powerful like attacker and force user in his own right, and also 
bring along some of his Ebon Hall crew for the ride, hopefully. We'll see how it we'll see how it ends up being actually played. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this playing this character and playtesting. Um the squad that I kind of gravitated towards, and I don't know if it is like the, you know, what, what will end up being what people play or is the best squad or anything, but um, I really enjoyed using um, Revan with Bastila, Jedi Master, uh, Mira, um, uh, Juwani, and Jolie Bindo, a Senator, T3, an Uggy, and two XT6 droids. Uh, it ended up being 199, so um, I guess Revan's under cost by one but that's okay. Um, it's um, the very cool thing about in, you know, in play testing, what I was like running around, I was trying to like do um, the lightsaber throws. Um, Cause you know, I was like, Oh, they get lightsaber Cause it says they get lightsaber throw two and master of the force two and force attuned. This is great. You know? Um, and then I'd run up, I'd, I'd do the stuff. And then I'd like try to go to Senator shot them. And then I'd realize like, oh crap. My characters are all French. I can't use a Senator with them. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, which was kind of a downer. Um, but you know, the, the range that they're getting and then the, that a bit of damage that, um, they, they get with the lightsaber throw too is really, um, uh, super cool. I've always been a big fan of uh, of Juwani and Jolie Bindo. They're like the um, kind of the redheaded stepchild of um, Jerry L or something. They just they they weren't quite <laughs> as good, you know. But they're they should have been. Um, so um, Jolie Bindo's got one of my favorite. I mean, one of Tim's uh, least favorite abilities: avoid defeat on it. So I mean, something I love playing. Um, with the force attuned, you can like do a stun, you can do a throw or, you know, you can do other stuff. You can attack and attack and force valor, I guess. Um, you can, um, you know, you can move 12 squares and force valor, I guess. Um, uh, yep. I think Juhani has got like force cloak as well. She can use with it. Which is really good. Force Cloak is always such a big bummer. I mean, it was like Jedi have to waste their whole turn just sitting there in place to cloak when other characters just like have it, you know? Um, right. So, I mean, it, yeah, it's very, very useful. Um, and, um, you know, and, and the other thing that's wonderful with Bastila, I mean, um, uh, because basically you can, you can run Bastila up 12 squares and then um, advance battle meditation. So she's not quite as far away anymore. Um, and I saw her, I saw Bastila uh, in, up in the fight more, uh, like I got her into the battle, like pretty much every game I played, she wasn't, by, by the middle or the end of the game, she was no longer just sitting in the back. It's, it's kind of rare for her to actually make it out of the backfield, um, but you know this this helps her kind of really be a little bit more be a little more than just a you know a, a backfield um, you know battle meditator, um, and and Revan's Revan's pretty strong. Um, 
you know, he's got that repulse for, um, which is like, you know, an ability on master Thon, which I'm fairly familiar with. And, um, <laughs> so he, and he can, he can, um, basically he can run, uh, what, uh, 14 squares in repulse, I guess. Well, he's got master speed, so he could, I guess he could, um, uh, 18. Yeah. Okay. If even better. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. And, and, uh, and he's got the faith in the force, uh, which is, you know, going to be very helpful, which, uh, um, basically means, um, that I think it, does that mean he can, uh, repulse Vong? Yep, that means you can totally ignore any Salamary force immunity, anything like that. Right, yeah. Well, Strong. Um, okay. Is that a rules question? Or uh, query? I, no, I just think that I forgot that Faith in the Force um, let you uh, do all that stuff. Hmm. I might be I might be wrong about that. Um, well, if, uh, well, I'm reading the de I mean the definition on the thing says. Ah, uh, yeah, from Larson Taco, the force powers cannot be canceled or prevented from affecting characters. So, uh, I do believe that's correct that um, you'd be able to repulse Vong. Um, what I think is kind of cool is. Just Revan by himself as a as a deep striker, um, with master speed, you can run 18 squares, and then you can lightsaber throw two. So you can kind of hit somebody that's basically 24 squares away. Um, now you're going to be obviously super overexposed and way out there, but you know it gives you some nice range. Um, that's kind of always been the Jedi's downfall is that, you know, speed, ability to move and catch up to, you know, whether it's the shooters or the bigger, badder Jedi, um, you know, you're only going to be doing potentially 40 damage unless you have Bastila activated or something like that. Uh, but it's still a, a nice, you know, surprise sometimes when you're like, oh, I moved master speed, go 18, and then use uh, lightsaber throw two. Right, and then your your other your allies are um, your um, your Bastel, uh, uh, Jolie, or Juwani. Um, you know, Revan can run out there, do a throw. Um, then Juwani or Jolie can run up next to uh, Revan with the face, faith in the force and, and get to throw at a Vong guy or, or somebody. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty right. handy. And uh, the downside, I think, is that, like, with his 22 defense and the Neven style uh, plus two, uh, two is like attack and defense, um, he's only going to be like a – yeah, I think he's only a 28 in cover, so it's kind of low. Oh, is that all? Um, so <laughs> could have been could have been a little better, I think. Um, could have been a plus four, you know. Um, so he could have had that 30, 
so he's a little he's a little um you know he's a little diminished in that respect but um uh i guess maybe the survival expert plus two might help make up for that we'll have to see um you know when he goes right. to well, the thing I'm most excited about, um, I don't think anyone playtested this or thought of it at the time of playtesting, but um, there's the new Malexith Lord, right? We spoiled a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And yeah. You, can, you can bring him into Old Republic with uh, the Jedi Crusader, and he gives Riven Ambush, Determined, so it's like Sarisha style mastery when you're half a points or less, and <laughs> Discipline Leader. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm okay. Forward to that. Well, and then you could throw a maybe a Jolie or or a Juani in there or something as well. Yeah, okay. you're not getting like the full the full like suite of Malik's abilities because he's got a bunch of other stuff that you're missing out on. But he's get he gives a pretty good boost to Revan. Awesome. Yeah. Well, need like the other Malik would be. Uh, well, we just give him a plus four to his attack, right? think is that what the other malik does and right. yeah but probably not as good you know no go with the exact opposite go went the exact opposite way of me and created no new abilities so <laughs> <laughs> well yeah somebody had to compensate but, for all the abilities you were putting in the game and yet he uh, he he did something I didn't think of, something brilliant, a stroke of genius, allowing a centerpiece to using the force to kill Vong. Well, it wasn't my original idea, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> well, I'm, I'll say this is what I was hoping for when I made the ability. I was like. You know, no one will no one will care if I put it on uh, uh, old old Lord Santaka. You know, <laughs> you know, um, Lord Santaka does not have force abilities, but I made sure that the ability uh, said that this character can use force powers. Um, you know, um, I, I made sure because I, you know, I was envisioning this happening. The one day it would go on a force user that could use it as well. So, the kill yeah. Vong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, and also it's it's just another tool to help against Yasla Mari, uh, which you know that's great. I love it. Um. So I, I do have a a question. If he's standing next to Bastila and Bastila has battle meditation going, does the battle meditation go through the Yasula Mary? Mm. Hmm. It's a force ability, not a force power. I think I think force ability comes under the definition of force powers. It's like a subcategory. So. I yes, I do believe it is. Um, so does that make advanced battle meditation unstoppable? Um, <laughs> a great idea. Who thought of that? 
I guess so, it would yes, I, I I do believe that if bat well, it's unstoppable right up until you make Basil make a save and then it shuts off. So sure, sure, sure. <laughs> if you, like, you want to have uh, discipline leader, up there. discipline leader, hand signals, uh, none of that will will work, right? Um, All right. Need to think about that one. <laughs> so if I, you're telling me if I leave half of my squad in the back, stand two almost 100 points of characters standing next to each other in the corner, that I can shut off everybody's commander effects. That's awesome. Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> So now all I'll have to do is try to build uh, the rest of the 100 points out to where they could actually compete against the other uh, the opponent's 200 <laughs> points. That's a good question. Of course, Basila, I mean, Basila can move up 12 squares and battle meditation next to Revan. And then now you've got... You've shut some stuff off, right. right? It's just a question of what happens when you have two two contradictory things. Um, yeah, it's like this cannot going, be prevented. Which was this, is, which this cannot be prevented from being prevented. Right. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the right the force power can't be prevented from uh, happening. Um, and so ABM is triggered, um, and it's just saying that that your commander effects are your commander effects are shut off, um, and basically the only thing well, in the case of force immunity or Yel Solomari, it wouldn't that would not stop um, ABM. Um, the uh, so, but but I think you would still. Like if you were, um, if you're still within, if you have disruptive and you're inside the disruptive bubble, right? Um, right. Then you'd still, it would, you would still gain your commander effects inside the disruptive bubble, um, because if you had like discipline leader or hand signals well, or whatever. Well, I think. Um, let's see. So the also so the faith in the force probably doesn't matter, right? Because I mean, when usually, well, it's it's going to say that the commander effects are being shut off, and now you can't prevent that with like force immunity or Yelso Amari. Um, but um, the the commander effects. Um, if you have discipline leader, it's not going to shut the commander effect off. Um, if you have hand signals, it's going to shut off the character with hand signals. Um, so his commander effect will get shut off. And then I think you don't, then the character that's like in line of sight of the get character with hand signals does, but that's just basically how it works anyways. Right. So. No, this is saying that um, the force powers cannot be prevented from affecting characters. So you're, it's saying that even though you're 
CE can't be suppressed, I can still suppress it. So what you're saying. Um, you look at the do do. Well, actually, like so, my initial thought would be um, the your your disciplined leader character isn't the the force power is not being prevented in a normal squad. If I'm just like you're playing basketball, I'm playing a character with disciplined leader. When you activate um, advanced battle meditation, I'm not stopping your force power. Like you're still affecting me. It's just that my ability says like, hey, even though I'm being disruptive, my commander effect isn't disruptive because I'm that cool. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. And also faith in the force, it's glossary. It kind of specifically talks about force immunity and like that kind of thing. Your salamary, force absorb, force defense. I don't know if it was intent. It certainly probably wasn't intended to <laughs> apply to like uh, stop discipline leader from affecting advanced meditation or. No, I, yeah, I, I think basically what it does is it cuts, it cuts through things that stop the force, but it's not like, um, you know, the, you know, so let's see. Yeah. Even though it's, um, Basically, it would cut through. It would cut through um, if you had a character that had force immunity and um, and discipline or and discipline leader, which I don't know. There may be one. Um, it, the the faith in the force would cut through the the uh, the force immunity, um, but the uh, discipline leader would still. They would still like. I think would still retain their uh, commander effect. So you're not you. It doesn't. It, it's supposed to be about like so. Vong are not affected by like a, a force push or a repulse or something like that. So, you know, it's like they you're you're still being affected by a force power. Um, you know when you're um, it's like um, because Vong can't when they have force immunity they can't be they can't take the um. Uh, collateral damage like from like a lightning or something like they're standing next to somebody that right. gets lightning they can't get that you know they, they don't take that collateral damage if it's coming from a character that's got force immunity or standing next to it then they do um then they do get it um yeah my, my initial my initial response would basically be um, in a normal squad, if I have Bastila and I'm playing against a rebel squad that has, you know, a disciplined leader in it, you're still affecting me. Nothing's preventing your advanced battle meditation from affecting my character um, and my ability. The disciplined leader says, like, hey, um, I still get my cool commander effect. So I don't think faith in the force changes any of that because you're still affecting me. It's just that my thing says, like, hey. I'm even cooler than that. Um, it can't happen. I do think if you had really cooler than the force. If you had a regular like commander um, that happened to be in a Yes, like your guy was in a Yes Lamari bubble, um, and you were 
you know, able to get Basla and everybody in position and turn it on and stay from the force active, I think it, you would be able to turn it off at that point because Yazlamari, you're basically getting around the Yazlamari part and you don't have disciplined leaders, so you would be being, you know, shut off. Right, right. Yeah. And that's why, I like, but like, it's still. I mean, obviously, it's still work against like hand signals. I mean, because uh, you know, ABM ABM shuts off the guy with hand signals, and um, and so he can't. Basically, he's not able to. There's no commander effects for them to to hand signal. I guess. Right. Right. So. So yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's what I would think it would, how it would work. But at the same time, like I don't really see it as an effective strategy um, to have this 56 point Revan standing next to a 32 point. Like uh, it's like I think it's like what 82, 88 points or something. Like sitting in the back, like kind of trying to keep ABM. You know, <laughs> just don't. I don't see it as like. Is working out all that great? You're probably better off getting Revan out, Revan out there, and like you know, trying to battle. Like especially you got like yeah. some melee, some big melee Vong, you know, coming after you. Um, you're gonna want Revan out there. So. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe there needs to be like a something added in his glossary or something. I have no idea. But anyway, the rules committee, rules committee can have fun arguing about that. Um, you know, it is interesting, but yeah. But it's a really cool. It's a very cool piece. It's a fun piece, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Kotor is pretty popular, and uh, and it always been a little unfortunate that you couldn't just get all the, you know, the Ebon Hawk crew together and um, play them. Um, this guy is really um, allowing you to put those pieces together, and um, and he really bridges. He kind of spans the gap of. Of Kotor one and Kotor two, um, he's letting a bunch of characters have Evan Hawk, um, even like characters that didn't meet each other, but you know they they were all on the Evan Hawk at one point, so um, you know it's I think it's it's pretty cool in that way. Yeah, I wasn't so keen on making an Evan Hawk two as an identifier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And unlike like when people were talking about giving um, Din Jardin like uh, Razor Claw, um, we know what happens basically with the Revan, the Ebon Hawk. You know, um, you know it's still around for quite a long while. It covers the the time period that we wanted to cover. Um, it's basically the Millennium Falcon for uh, KOTOR, but uh, 
you know, I think it was shortly after uh, people were, you know, saying, you know, we should be using Razor. I think it's called Razor Crest, but yep, uh, they're like, you got to do Razor Crest. That's got to be the identifier tag. And then it was like the very next episode, the <laughs> the Razor Crest was like exploded. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> nope, not doing that. <laughs> you know. And and for some reason, I don't think his new ship is going to work as an identifier tag for. <laughs> Tiny Lagoon Starfighter. Yeah, I don't even think it has. I don't even know if it has a name. I mean, it's. It, it does not. It's called yeah. Din Jaren's N1 Starfighter. Yeah, that's, that's even longer than. Yeah. Although I do, I I do think it's unfortunate. Mando's ally is a little confusing. I I realize now, um, because it has the word ally in it, so that that kind of does kind of con confuse people a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, I think we were on the right track. Um, maybe we should have gone to the thesaurus and found a different word for ally. <laughs> Mando's comra comrades, camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have confused anybody. Well. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, awesome uh piece. Um and uh let's uh maybe before we go, we could talk real quick about um what kinds of squads we think will be played at Gen Con. Um, which is coming up in another week here. Um, and was, what, which day is the championship? Friday, uh, Saturday? On Saturday. 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 Um, so got about a week to get my squad together. Um, <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I think... I one that I think that will something I think will get played um and that could do quite well would be um the new Din Jardin. I think uh he's he's strong. Um I can definitely see someone building something with that new Din Jardin that um is potent and could, you know, compete. Um maybe really kind of throw people off um you know um you know something that i think might show up that um i'm not sure it's like it's i don't think it would do as well but maybe if it if it's given the right matchups it it could end up near the top would be like the uh like the triumvirate um which have shown up um every now and then at, at like you know different games like this and um and i don't even necessarily think it like you know it would be a randy or anything but you know like i could see like lillian or or you know i have no idea what dairy i really don't know what some of these people are going to play we've got two a couple of people from like chicago area that are newer players that you know are kind of like uh we just don't know, but, um, you know, those are two of my guesses. Um, I don't know, Randy, you want to throw some ideas out there? 
But without me and Mike playing, uh, that's your wild cards, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the fu- the funny part is to to that extent. Um, which again, no updates from Gen Con. I'm sure we won't get an update before we're on site. But there's always room for one player because you can always have a buy that doesn't take any table space. So at least one of you guys will get to play. <laughs> so once you go past that, um, you can keep going. Did you have any other uh, thoughts, Randy? Oh, um, so uh, I think it's kind of hard to gauge. We saw a lot of, uh, we saw a pretty wide variety. I mean, there was, a hundred, what, 100 squads played? Um, I think probably a resistance squad could do well. Um, the their movement is is getting uh, really powerful. The ability to get the characters around on the board and and kind of take you by surprise. Um, but I'm sure that someone somewhere will be playing Kulak Horde, um, and someone somewhere will probably be playing an anti Kulak Horde squad. <laughs> <laughs> Whether that's Zesh or um oh I can't think of the other old Republic character's name. The stifling Zalo. Zalo. Um maybe Vaclu. Uh, I think um I think Vaclu's attack holds him back a little bit in Old Republic, but you might see him in Sith. See, I I almost think the opposite, Randy, um, that you might not see a two-lock horde squad because this kind of, this season uh, reminds me a lot of like the run-up when um, Storm Commandos were really big right after uh, General Weir came out and, you know, set two or set three, whatever it was, when, you know, all the squads, there was multiple Storm Commando squads at all the different regionals, and they were, you know, kind of tearing it up, and you'd get to the, the finals, or and it'd usually be either, like, Storm Commandos or Mace, and not much else was really doing well in regionals. And then you got to Gen Con, and, you know, it was back when we had, you know, 18 or 20, 25 people, and there was one person playing Storm Commandos, um, and they did not perform very well. Um, that was me. So it might be one. Of, it, it might be one of those things where, you know, people have tried them out in some of the regionals and some of these other tournaments. That you know, whether it's the escalation tournament or the uh, versatility gauntlet or whatever, um, and maybe have decided that. Um, there's there's other stuff out there that's cooler, bigger, badder, you know, whatever. Um, because there are, you know, when you look at Tuat Cord, the, the big advantages he has, or the, the big things that he has, is he's got Source Style Mastery, 
and then he's got the the Sith reflexes. Um, are kind of the the new things that he adds to uh, a a squad. So there's plenty of ways that we've seen to get around Sora style mastery. We've been dealing with it since Goox and Darth Thanos and Danny Obi. Uh, you know, plenty of ways kind of around it. Um, and people, I think, are starting to learn how to play around the Sith reflexes um, to, you know, make sure that you can kind of keep it under control. Now, the distraction part um, can be annoying sometimes. Um, and the, you know, other characters getting identical forces. We've seen a couple squads that, you know, use like the Imperial Agent or one of the other kind of big non-uniques. Um, or, well, without a force rating. Uh, we've also seen some of the squads like uh, Greg played with, you know, basically just basically like two lock Bane and another big force user. And that's that's what I'm going to business with. Uh, so I think um, that two lock and two lock cord squads are definitely a gatekeeper and you have to kind of have a plan or be prepared. At the same time, I'm not sure how many you're going to see at the end of the day if people think that that's going to be the best squad. Um, because as we know, it can be very difficult to to take a squad into a meta that is designed to beat it um, and, and do well. And Trevor's not playing in the, Trevor's not playing, so. Okay. <laughs> Trevor is in fact not playing. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah, know. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely gonna ha like when, when I'm building my squad or prepping my squad, whether I play two out court or, or choose not to, I will definitely be thinking about not only two out court but some of the other, you know, characters and, and squads that we've seen recently do well. Um, I definitely think you could see some Night Sister squads do very well. Um, there's, you know, lots of really, just in general, good squads out there. And, you know, Tulak Court has 140 hit points. That's not, you know, that's not a ton. And Sith don't generally have a way to heal force points. And also Tulak Court, you know, he's got Jarkai. Um, so if he hits his first attack, um, he gets two attacks, you know, which means he's doing 40, or if he's using Sith Rage, maybe 60 um, damage that, you know, they could possibly parry or defense or sort of style mastery themselves. Uh, it gets to be really tricky um, in that sense. I don't know what, what what are your thoughts, Brian? Oh well, yeah, I think you you said it pretty well. I mean, um, I think he's tough, and I think you know a really good player like you know like somebody Trevor like flies in the face of everything we ever say. Uh, you know, 
probably uh, do quite well. I mean, he's tough. I, I think you do have to think about him, but uh, like, I don't know. Um, I think I think enough people are talking about beating him and how to beat him that um, you know you, you're you're going to end up running into somebody that was well prepared uh, to be playing against you awkward. Um, and it's going to kind of like have your number. So I, you know, personally, I don't plan on playing one because I designed the piece. I don't want to win with it right after I designed it. Uh, but the other thing is just like, I, you know, I don't want to end up, you know, like with that person when they sit down across from me, that's like, just kind of like, you know, putting their hands together, rubbing their hands together because they've been preparing for this. And, they, you know, like this is basically the match that they've been waiting for. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. I, I want to sit down and be like, what? It? You're playing what? You know? <laughs> That's what I want. You know, <laughs> I, I need that element of surprise, you know, to, to make up for my, all the mistakes I'm going to make in my game. <laughs> so. Well, I feel uh, pretty good about my choice since we're always wrong. So I'm and I'm outvoted uh, so far, two to one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, any any thoughts, Joe, on what you think we might see uh, at Gen Con here in another week? Um, I think you're mostly right about Tula Cord. Um, I think. The Twilight Jedi General has showed uh, that it has some some power, some ability to win. I think so. That I think there's a chance of seeing it with uh, with Mitra or in another variation, maybe. Very good. Yeah, and you know, I I think Jabba's still good, but I would say with I, I kind of feel like maybe he won't get played just just because of the people that are there. Um, if this is VassalCon, I think Jabba will, I think somebody's going to play a Jabba squad in VassalCon, pretty sure. But um, at this Gen Con, I don't know that we're going to see, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody playing Jabba, but I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone playing Tulak Horde. It's just, I don't think it's going to be like half the field or, you know, um, or multiple squads. Like, you know, um, last year at Gen Con, there was like, um, I think there was two squads running Revnicus Jedi Masters. And then in the uh, Vassal Con, there were, um, ended up seeing um, two Jedi Revnicus Master squads make it up into the like top four. So like, you know the Revnicus Jedi Masters were very strong, and um, seeing a lot, seeing a lot of play, um, and uh, I don't know if that's the case for this year. Um, I think it's a it's a little bit more varied, a little more varied mix of you know like so. But, but all of the squads that were mentioned today, I think, are are real possibilities. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I I guess I also wouldn't be too surprised if I saw someone running um, like a a Thrawn like a Thrawn squad. 
just a, uh, going back to you know an, an old uh, school type swap squad. Um, I know Derry's playing. He 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 loves playing the like the Yodas throws his toys kind of squad, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he played that or um, or a uh, or like a, a Thrawn swap. Um, you know, something a little more old school. And, and of course, Jason as well loves doing that. So um, is Jason going to play Kai Buck? He's done it a couple of times um, for Gen Con. I, I don't, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I don't think he will. I don't know what I'm going to play yet. I, I, yeah. But I'm kind of running behind on everything, so obviously don't have a lot of time to get everything figured out. Um, and and I do think um, that you know, like for instance, we're talking about two lock cord and you know, like the two like Jedi general. Even if they don't show up this year, I do think that they will show up in future years. It might just be one of those things, kind of like, oh hey, everybody's talking about two lock and how to beat two lock right now. Um, I'll wait till next year. Nobody's talking about it, and then they'll have forgotten um, what to what to do, or they'll be bring squads because they're talking about the new whatever the new hot piece is, or the new piece that nobody can beat is, and then, then you know maybe that's when you play like a two lot chord squad or something like that. So you're you're saying I should play um, I should play Anakin and Obi Wan. Annie Obi. Um, <laughs> no yeah, one, no one sure. talked about that piece. No one's talked about that piece in a while. Right, exactly. So now it's a right to uh, take advantage of the fact that uh, no one's talking about them. So yeah, yeah. Bring them on. I think I think Ray. I don't think anybody's going to play Raylo, but I think Raylo could do pretty well think but i i doubt anyone's playing it but but Rayla is pretty strong but yeah those are some wonderful guesses of course we'll be completely wrong no one will play any of that or half the people will be playing two lock horde squads and the other half will be playing twi'lek jenny general so and you know, we'll be completely wrong about everything we said so that would be pretty awesome though if half the field was playing two lock and half the field was playing uh <laughs> I like that I yeah, yeah 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 and then they can half of them they could beat the other half so <laughs> yes <laughs> Awesome. Well, I don't know, guys. Do we have anything else for tonight? Uh, this is our last uh, show, I think, right before uh, the Gen Con weekend. So yes, we next will, we will Tuesday not be having a show next, next weekend. Next Thursday, will what will be happening? What games? What games are being played on Thursday? I believe it's the uh, two hundred twenty-five point. Faction Pure tournament that will be played on Thursday. Um, no fringe allowed unless you're playing an all fringe squad. Uh, 
you obviously can use characters with affinity um, in whichever factions they can be played in. But that's how it works. Um, so it's 225 points. Um, you know, for Gen Con and, you know, even for Vassal Con, you know, we tend to try to, you know, change things up just a little bit because, you know, in the past, people would always complain, oh, well, you ran three 200 points of point events. So, you know, I wanted to play my cool Tuscan Raider Swarm Squad, but, you know, everybody else was just playing their championship squad to get practice. Um, so we've tried to change that up a little bit to, you know, try to prevent that. Obviously, people could just, uh, you know, play their uh, championship squad, add in an extra 125 points and, and call it good. But then again, most people aren't playing factions here. You know, they're using Uggies or Killick Drones or Porgs or some other piece. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, some people kind of complain and go, oh, it's 225, it's, that's a weird format. Why did you pick a weird number? And it's like, well, we're trying just to mix things up so it you know, doesn't just be the same old boring. Uh, boring games that we all know and love. Right. So. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what we'll be running on Thursday. Um, then just a quick rundown. Friday is um, the Escalation Tournament. Uh, it's a little bit different from the uh, Escalation Tournaments we've done on Vassal. This one is basically you just add three characters, up to, up to three characters every round. There's no upgrading characters. Um, there's no worrying about how many points you can bank. Um, if you want to play a 57-point squad at your 100-point your level so that you can add, like, three really cool dudes to get to 150, um, feel free. Uh, and then, obviously, the championship will be on Saturday with the sealed on Sunday. That's where we're at with that. Um, we'll probably try to post. I mean, we say this every year. We'll try to post some updates on Blue Milk uh, at various points throughout the weekend. But obviously, we're all crazy, super busy trying to, you know, have fun on our, you know, Gen Con vacation. Oh, man going that way. Anybody else have anything for tonight? I don't think so. All right, then we'll see everybody back. Same Sith time, same Sith channel. But two weeks from now, uh, Unless, of course, we can uh, talk Brian into live streaming uh, using his phone uh, to live stream the finals 
um, assuming he's not playing in them. Uh, from Gen Con, which I doubt we will be able to do. Yeah, I'm not sure if, uh, if I'll be able to get, to get that to work, but <laughs> maybe I can. I'm not playing in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll see everybody uh, who's will be at Gen Con. We'll see them there. And we'll, like I said, talk to everybody in two weeks from now. We'll obviously have lots of Gen Con updates to report about and go over uh, in two weeks after the big tournament. Um, VassalCon's dates, I believe, well, we did determine them. I thought they were announced, but I am not certain. It will be September like 8th, 9th, and 10th, I believe. I think that's the weekend. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't have my calendar directly in front of me, so I can't tell you 100% certain, but those will be the dates. Um, we will do the, the VassalCon like, big event um, basically Saturday afternoon uh, start time so that as many New Zealand players or any other players around the world can join in or anybody that just wants to do something Saturday morning um, before the event can join in. You know, Saturday morning, go hang out with the family for a while and get home and start playing minis for the rest of the night. Sounds good. All right. I do believe we will talk to everybody in two weeks. All right. Yep. Good night, guys. Good talking to everyone. All right. Good night, everybody. Yep. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 